babes. Guess what? We have a new segment on the block. It is Wednesday, and that means that we are launching the newest segment of the Bebe of Podcasts called Women to Watch, where I sit down and chat with some of the most badass babes in their industry, babes that are blazing some trails, also some babes that are really just getting some shit done and following their dreams and jumping into their passion projects. So I'm so excited that you guys are here to listen on an additional episode this week. And uh, stay tuned and make sure to follow them on social media when you're done um, and give them all the support that they deserve. Thank you so much. And I can't wait for you guys to see who's up next. Good morning. Good evening. I don't know when you guys are watching this, <laughs> listening to um, the pod because you know it's on the go. Great to binge. Um, if you are just popping in right now, I'm Jess, host of the Bay Bay F podcast. And every Wednesday, as I'm sure you heard in the intro, I do a woman to watch segment every Wednesday. Well, at least I try to do every Wednesday. Um, and this one took especially long um, because the woman I'm about to talk to you about now, I will be getting to the, you can look up all this general information online about this woman next week, but thank you to Corinne Heller from E! News. She created an article, which I will obviously put in the show notes, 70 royally fascinating facts about Queen Elizabeth II, British Britain's longest reigning monarch. Now you'll have to excuse me. I'm not British. I don't even have a passport. I've never been to the UK, but as someone who studied lots of Shakespeare in college, I love it. I love it. I love the royal aspect. I love the fashion. I love the uh, fact that a woman has reigned so significantly for a very, very long time um, over multiple realms, if you will. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about here that here shortly. But first, an ad before we get into the fun. So if you haven't figured it out, today's Woman to Watch Wednesday is going to come in a couple of parts. Um, and it's about Queen Elizabeth II. So before we go into the fun, fun, fun of the day, here we go. All right, you guys, um, thank you for hanging tight during the ad. You know, it's something that helps pay for this podcast. So cheers to Anchor and Spotify and all that good stuff. And trust me, if there's any ads you want to hear, um, things you want discount codes on, let me know. I would love to reach out to those companies and see what I can do for you because I'm all about small businesses. I'm all about women empowerment. If you don't know, now you do. So let's jump into it. Um, and like I said before the break, thank you to Corinne Heller, um, for producing this awesome article, um, 70 royally fascinating facts about Queen Elizabeth II. And I, like I said, Britain's longest reigning monarch. So as the world says goodbye to QE2, maybe the slang way to talk to her about her. Um, let's look back on the historic and inspiring life with 70 fascinating facts about Britain's longest reigning monarch who died at the age of 96 on September 8th. So obviously Queen Elizabeth II's death marks the end of an era. Britain's longest reigning monarch died peacefully at her home in Balmoral Castle, Scotland at the age of 96 on September 8th, 2022. Um, the news comes six months after the 70th anniversary of her accession to the throne at the age of 25. King Charles 
The third quotes, the death of my beloved mother, her majesty, the queen is a moment of the greatest sadness for me and all the members of my family. He said in a statement released by the Royal family, continuing, we mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and much loved mother. I know her loss will be deeply felt throughout the country, the realms and the Commonwealth and by countless people around the world. So the King Dad to Prince William and Prince Harry added, During this period of mourning and change, my family and I will be comforted and sustained by our knowledge of respect and deep affection in which the Queen so widely held. That respect and affection were well earned. As the world says goodbye during her funeral on September 19th, was literally just uh, recorded a couple days ago. Look back on the fascinating life that inspired millions. Um, so let's get into it. Number one, as the Queen of the United Kingdom for 70 years, Queen Elizabeth II was the longest reigning British monarch in history, passing the record of 63 years and seven months previously held by her great-great-grandmother, Queen Victoria, in 2015. Number two, prior to her death at the age of 96, she was the oldest monarch in the world. Number three, and the longest reigning female monarch in world history. Queen Elizabeth II was born on April 21st, 1926. However, she actually celebrated her birthday twice a year, once in April and once on her official birthday in June, which is often marked with the trooping of the trooping the color. T-R-R, sorry, T-R-O-P-P-I-N-G. Um, number five, Queen Elizabeth's full name is Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor. She was named after her mom, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, as well as her father's grandmother, Queen Mary, and great-grandmother, Queen Alexandra. Like, let's just stop for a second. Can we freaking imagine, like, how a succession like that feels? Number one, the pressure. Number two, the excitement. Number three, the lineage is bonkers. Obviously, there has to be a queen before a queen, but I just think it's crazy and awesome that all of that came together. Number seven, then known as Princess Elizabeth, she was given the nickname Lilibet as a child. In fact, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle named their daughter Lilibet, quote Lily, Diana Mountbatten Windsor, after the Queen and the Duke of Sussex's mother, the late Princess Diana. Number eight, when she was a child, the Queen gave her sister Princess Margaret the nickname Bud. So it's funny because my grand's name is Alberta, but she went by Duke. So I think it's comical that sometimes women get men's nicknames from that era. It's very interesting to me anyway. Uh, number nine, Queen Elizabeth II didn't always live at Buckingham Palace, her main residence until the two years prior to her death when she moved to Windsor Castle amid the COVID-19 pandemic. According to the royal family's official website, she spent her early childhood years at the London House 145 Piccadilly and at the White Lodge in Richmond Park. Her parents also had the Royal Lodge and Windsor Great Park as a country home. Number 10, as a child, she stayed quite busy. According to the royal family's website, she studied art and music, learned to ride, joined the girls' guides at age 11, advancing to a sea ranger, and became a strong swimmer, winning the, winning the children's challenge shield at London's Bath Club at the age of 13. 
Number 11, Queen Elizabeth II gave her first public speech when she was 14 years old, addressing the children of the Commonwealth on October 13, 1940, amid World War II. Quote, thousands of you in this country have had to leave your homes and be separated from your fathers and mothers, she said in her speech for the Children's Hour broadcast. My sister Margaret Rose and I feel so much for you as we know from experience what it means to be away from those who you love the most of all. To you, living in new surroundings, we send a message of true sympathy, and at the same time, we would like to thank the kind people who have welcomed you to their homes in the country. Number 12, she enrolled in the Auxiliary Territorial Service, or the ATS, in 1945, making her the first female member of the royal family to join the armed services as a full-time active member. During her time in the ATS, her Majesty learned how to drive and maintain vehicles. According to the National World War II Museum, she started as a second subaltern, S-U-B-A-L-T-E-R-N, in the ATS and was later promoted to junior commander, the equivalent of captain. Number 13, she also dictated her life to serving the Commonwealth during a speech she gave on her 21st birthday. Quote, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong, she said in 1947. But I shall not have strength to carry out this resolution alone unless you join in it with me, as I now invite you to do so. I know that your support will be unfairly given. Oh, sorry. Unfailingly given. God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all of you who are willing to share in it. Number 14, her family didn't always expect her to take the throne. When she was born, Elizabeth was the third in line of succession after her uncle Edward, Prince of Wales, and her father, Prince Albert, Duke of York. After her grandfather, King George V, died in 1936, Edward, Prince of Wales, was crowned King Edward VIII, but by the end of the year, he abdicated the throne to Mary Wallace Simpson. Her father then acceded the throne as King George VI, taking his family's name. And when he died on February 6, 1952, Queen Elizabeth II began her reign. That's also my birthday, but I was not born until 1981. Hooray. Number 15. After her father became king, Elizabeth prepared her future role by studying constitutional history and law, receiving lessons on religion from the Archbishop of Canterbury and learning French. I feel very underaccomplished. <laughs> Number 16, taking place at Westminster Abbey on June 2nd, 1953, Queen Elizabeth II's coronation was the first coronation to be televised. That's cool. Number 17, during the ceremonies, St. Edward's crown was placed upon Her Majesty's head. The crown, which was made of solid gold and encrusted with 440 precious and semi-precious stones, weighs 4 pounds and 12 ounces. Thankfully, it is the only time she had to wear it. <laughs> Apparently, that's heavy for a crown. I don't wear crowns regularly, so I wouldn't know. Number 19. Oh, sorry. Number 18. Queen Elizabeth II is the sixth queen to be crowned at Westminster Abbey. Queen Mary I was the first. Number 19. <clears throat> she was also the 40th monarch to take the throne since William the Conqueror and became 
or since William the Conqueror became king of England in 1066. Her first official engagement was as Queen Her Majesty was attending the Royal Maundy service at Westminster Abbey in April 1952. The Queen first met her husband, Prince Philip, when he when she was eight years old and he was 13. They crossed paths at the wedding of Princess Marina of Greece in Denmark to Prince George, Duke of Kent, in 1934, and then again in 1939 when she was 13 and he was 18 at Dartmouth Naval College. Seven years later, Prince Philip proposed with a ring by Philip Entrebus LTD that featured diamonds from his mother, Princess Alice of Battenberg's tiara. According to the jeweler, the ring features a magnificent three-carat round brilliant diamond set in platinum and flanked by smaller pave-set diamonds. Elizabeth's dad asked them to keep their engagement under wraps until after she turned 21. Official, the official announcement coming on July 9th, 1947. Queen Elizabeth II wed Prince Philip at Westminster Abbey on November 20th, 1947. Like many brides who tied the knot shortly after World War II, she used clothing ration coupons to pay for her dress, which was designed by Norman Hartnell and made of ivory silk. It featured crystals, 10,000 seed pearls, and a 15-foot silk tool court train, and as someone who was in the wedding industry for about 10 years, that sounds magical. But there could have been a fashion faux pas. How dare you? Just kidding. On her wedding day, Queen Elizabeth II wore Queen Mary's fringe tiara, but according to the royal family's website, the frame of the gem broke as the bride was putting it on, and it had to be quickly repaired. Dodged a bullet there. Before his death in April 2021, Prince Philip was married to Queen Elizabeth II for 73 years, making them the longest married couple in royal family's history. Now, as someone that's only been married for almost 11 years, I have a long way to go. <laughs> um, quote, he is someone who doesn't take easily to compliments, the Queen said during a 1997 speech. He has quite simply been my strength and stay all these years, and I and his whole family and this and many other countries owe him a great a debt greater than he would ever claim or we shall ever know. It was Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip's who decided to give their descendants different last names than the rest of the royal family. While her grandfather, King George V, adopted Windsor as the family's surname in 1917, the couple chose in 1960 to also incorporate the Duke of Edinburgh's last name, Mountbatten, and have their descendants carry the last name, Mount, Mountbatten-Windsor. And yes, she was survived by quite a big crew of Mountbatten-Windsors. In addition to the four children she welcomed with Prince Philip, Prince Charles, Princess Anne, Prince Andrew, and Prince Edward, the Queen has eight grandchildren, Peter Phillips, Zara Tyndall, Prince William, Prince Harry, Princess Beatrice, Princess Eugenie, Lady Louise Windsor, and James, Viscount Severin, and 12 great-grandchildren, Savannah Phillips, Isla Phillips, Prince George, Princess Charlotte, Prince Louis, Mia Grace Tyndall, Lena Elizabeth Tyndall, Lucas, Philip Tyndall, Archie Harrison, Mountbatten-Windsor, Lilybet Lily, Diana, Mountbatten-Windsor, August Philip Hall, Brooks Bank, and Sienna Elizabeth, Mapelli, Mosey. Whew! 
That took a while to get through. Y'all, we're already up to number 28. Who's excited? We're almost halfway there. Her Majesty was the monarch to 14 countries in addition to the UK. She was also the head of Commonwealth, which consists of 54 countries. But these weren't her only roles. She also held the titles of head of state, head of nation, head of armed forces, sovereign of the garter, defender of the faith, and supreme governor of the Church of England, among others. As head of state, Her Majesty had to stay neutral on political matters. Therefore, she didn't vote or stand for election. Although, as the royal family's website explains, the monarch did have ceremonial and formal roles relating to the UK government, like opening new sessions of parliament and approving orders and proclamations through the Privy Council. She would also appoint a prime minister and meet with him or her regularly. In May 2021, the Queen opened Parliament for the 67th time, having opened it every year of her reign except 1959 and 1963 when she was pregnant and expecting Prince Andrew and Prince Edward. In 2022, due to, as Buckingham Palace put it, episodic mobility problems, obviously, due to her passing in 2022. Uh, audiences or one-on-one -on -one meetings were part of Her Majesty's job. According to the royal family's website, there are more than 170 ambassadors and high commissioners in London at any given time, and the monarch will have an audience with each one shortly after the individual has assumed the role. She also had a weekly audience with the prime minister in which they discussed government matters. By 2016, the queen had held more than 660 investitures, which is an event that awards honors to individuals for their achievements, bravery, or services to the UK and the British Overseas Territories. Her Majesty had more than 600 patronages, patronages, P-A-T-R-O-N-A-G-E-S. Sorry, I don't know what that word is. Her reign wasn't completely without criticism. After Princess Diana's death in 1997, for instance, Her Majesty faced public criticism for initially staying at her Balmoral Castle in Scotland instead of returning to London and for originally not flying the British flag at half-mast, which didn't happen until the day of Diana's funeral. The monarch later addressed the Princess of Wales' death in a televised statement. The Queen visited 117 countries during her reign, and for those counting, that's 1,032,513,000 miles. Phew! It's a lot of arm power. She must do push-ups. <laughs> Just kidding. She didn't get her wings until 1945, though, taking flight for the first time as she headed from Northolt to Northern Ireland in 1945. I love a girl that can fly a plane. She also made more than 200 visits to the Commonwealth countries. Her first visit to the Commonwealth was in November 1953, and she stayed for six months. During this time, she visited 12 countries, and which adds up to 43,618 miles. 17 years later, while touring Australia, she made her first royal walkabout, which is a casual stroll among commoners that's become somewhat of a family staple. 41. We're almost halfway there, you guys. I'm actually going to do half today and half next week so that y'all aren't like hanging out with me for a million hours. Okay. Number 41. She christened the Victoria Line in 1969, making her the first reigning monarch to travel on public transit system 
the London Underground. See? She is really just like us. <laughs> Surprisingly, Her Majesty didn't have a passport. Girl, we are one and the same. I do not either. Since British passports are issued in the name of the Queen, she didn't need one. Her family members, however, do. And according to BBC, she was the only person in Britain who was allowed to drive without a driver's license. That's interesting. In 1957, she had her very first Christmas broadcast, a tradition that lives on 60 plus years later. And the final great fact for today is that, and if you're lucky, you may have been one of the 750 people a year who received a holiday card from the Queen, who usually spent Christmas and New Year's at the Sandringham House. Please join me next week to go over the other 45 fantastically radiant and magnificent facts about the queen. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear what's next. See you back next week for Women to Watch Wednesday on part two of Queen Elizabeth II's reign and some additional details and some fun for my friends. Talk to you later. Danny, you have something to say? I think he just wants dinner. I hope you guys have a good night. See you back on Friday.